This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3238 for Wednesday the 30th of December 2020. Today's show is entitled, Linux in Law S01E20, the Xmas and New Year special and is part of the series, Linux in Law. It is the 20th show of Monochrome and is about 100 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, an episode on the past, present and future not just on FOSS, all will be explained. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Linux in Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever else fancies your tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mum! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back on a speaker in an open plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusted guide dog, unless on speed, and cute T-Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. And this is Linux in-laws. Season 1, Episode 20, The Christmas and New Year Special. Hi, Martin, how are things? Hey, Chris, things are fine and dandy. On this, well, not too bad. What a year it has been, right? About a year ago, we heard about strange rumors about a, not a flea market, but an animal market in some Chinese providence. (laughs) And before you know it, (laughs) Mm. we are fucked. Yep. Of, co- of is, course, uh, this is still explicit, HBR, if you're listening. <laughs> so we can say f- words like fucked and screwed and heroin and child pornography and all the rest of it. So this is show ex- is still explicit. <laughs> we can. Um, not relating to the past year, though, are they really? Uh, well, not in my case. So you could obviously divulge these okay. things on a different episode yourself. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, maybe we should, exactly. Maybe we should just cut to the chase and let yes, our dear chase. listeners know mm. what the what the crack is with that episode. The idea yes. is, of course, to to take a look at the at the current situation or the last year rather, and then take a peek into the future. And as we actually heard on a recent episode, that predictions are pretty hard, especially if they concern the future. 
And that's a quote. Yes. And that's a quote from a recent episode, actually, the big language program language panel, where Mike observed that fact. And I still, that's still very valid. Okay. Martin, let's start with the current situation. IBM and Red Hat discuss. It's not quite current, is it? Um, uh, did, did, did that not start, uh, last year as in was, 2018? That's the year before last, I think. But you're right. Yes. Anyway, um, okay. Do we think anything has changed? Hmm. Um, personally, well, I don't see much Red Hat anymore, but yeah, I don't know about well, you. Well, they start to fire people if I'm not completely mistaken, right? In terms of make them, re- make them redundant and actually they do touch the brand, which they promise not to, if I'm not completely mistaken. And if press releases are anything to go by, of course, in that case, they're probably not. Hmm. Depends how you define a change to brand, right? <laughs> That's, uh, Quite open to interpretation. There we go. Um, yeah, so is this, uh, do we think that Windows will become, okay, we're going out the future and history at the same time here. <laughs> uh, do we think that Microsoft will just be? What's that all about Red Hat then? I thought it was more than, I thought it was more to, uh, more, more to say about this. Um, just <laughs> leave it at that. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So Red Hat. Hmm. Um, Right. I don't see much Red Hat anymore these days. Don't know about you. But, well, the um, brand is still there. Brand is still uh, there. Yeah, um, people are mm. slowly, what's the word I'm looking for? Disintegrating? Uh, yeah. That's probably not it. I mean, they are still, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, the website is there. The salespeople are there. At least here, I mean, at least here in Germany, the Red Hat people I see well, I used to see on a regular basis <laughs> yeah. in person, and now it's more like virtual these days, still claim at least the field has some sort of independence. It's probably different in the U.S., it's, and especially if you leave that, that protected realm of sales mm. as an engineering and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, IBM are a little bit... Um... Uh, a bit weird with their open source strategy, right? It, uh, they, they claim to, um, uh, support many things open source, but, um, what do they actually do apart from buy Red Hat? Hmm. They contribute here and there. Uh, for example, they had to change, well, well, Linux, of course, comes to mind. Yes, well, I mean, everybody contributes to Linux. So that's... Well, well, the, well, almost, right? Even Microsoft does these days. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, well, Apple doesn't, for example. But that's a different subject. No, I mean, they mm. started this whole mainframe Linux thing, right? That was IBM. And fair enough, they make a lot of money from Linux, from stuff like Linux One and Friends. Uh, there's even a voice inside IBM saying that within 10 years or 15 years, MVS, sorry, um, it's called ZOS these days, as in their legacy mainframe operating system that has been around for at least 30 years, if not 40, will be a thing of the past. And all that is running on, on these, on these, um, old iron machines is, will be Linux. Which makes sense because when you buy an, a ZOS system, even the smallest model actually comes with virtualization built in. 
You oh, cannot get it. Who are these people buying ZOS machines? Uh, well, they still do. Take a look at the balance sheet of, of a company called IBM. This is where the, this is still where a good chunk of, of Buddha comes from. Yeah, but it's not, not actually, well, okay, okay, they're buying it, but they're just replacing the old stuff, right? Um, it's more like maintenance. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, but you see, there was that prediction, and as I said, predictions are always hard, in 99 or 2000 something that the mainframe days are numbered and now it's 2020 and they're still making a lot of money and they, and the mainframes are still around. I live in full disclosure, uh, full disclosure. I live in Frankfurt, Germany. And of course, as probably most of our listeners know, that will be the banking capital of Germany. And I don't know any bank that of a certain, beyond a certain size that is, that doesn't have a significant mainframe installation for the simple fact that the general ledger and all the rest of their, of their mission critical software still runs on that kit. Mm -hmm. And has been doing so for the last what thirty yep. forty years easily. Oh, more than that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay, fair enough. So, so I reckon it's it's hard to get rid of the mainframes in certain companies beyond a certain size, full stop, because hmm. they they have been around for ages. Nobody touches them. The stuff is rock solid, works, and as we all know, <laughs> uh, you never touch running system unless you are kind of facing death or something. So I reckon, um, to coming, coming back to, to, to Linux, um, yes, that would be one of their major contributions, I suppose. And if we just dig deep enough, they have contributed, they have been contributing yeah, to the front center. <clears throat> Probably, of course, not as, as much as, as Red Hat uh, have been or other mm. pure open source gigs in the past before IBM bought them. Let's put it this way. Um, but, they have a legacy of 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 uh, contributing to open source. Yes, but they also Your have Linux. a large amount of uh, proprietary products themselves, right? And absolutely, and they, uh, they seem to be. I don't know from from uh, professional engagements, uh, not really pushing those anymore. And um, they're, they're almost like uh, they've become a hardware vendor again, and just happy to run any. Anything open source on there, um, well, even though they have DB2 and you know all the all the they quite, do quite a little bit, software like that. Yeah. It, yeah, is, they do a little bit of software here and there, right? Mm. Apart from Watson and the great kit that is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that has been covered by the press recently. Apparently, there's something called Global Technology Services inside IBM, and this is. Mostly, I think, if current numbers or press releases are anything to go by or the stuff you read in the press anyway, apparently uh, a thing of the past because they're slowly dis dismantling this. I mean, it's it's hard to see where IBM is going in general um, because clearly much of, their, much of their revenue is coming from hardware. And things like Watson never really were that commercial breakthrough. I mean, fair enough. Full credit to them, they, are, they were one of the first companies to make quantum computing publicly accessible at a fee and at a discounted fee for educational um, um, purposes. But uh, D-Wave and, and friends are just taking away the are just taking away the revenue in terms of they make money with this, and IBM probably doesn't in the greater scheme of things. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with IBM's balance books, but. Um... <laughs> 
Oh, this is probably costly. I, 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 I suspect, I suspect they're making some money. <laughs> well, IBM, uh, if, you, on if, a, if um, you're listening, hmm. if you want to get in touch for some almost free advice, the email address is feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. Just send a mail Indeed. and send a we'll mail. get in touch. <laughs> send sponsorship. Yep. Um, all these things are allowed and available. So on a related And, and yes, we are cheap. Well, speak we are fast. way cheaper than mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, on a related okay. subject, so what is the next Linux acquisition going to be? This is so. This is a future question, obviously. But I mean, what? define Linux acquisition. I mean, Linux. Well, okay. Stuff. So um, no, not Linux buying stuff, but so uh, Microfocus bought Suzy, Red Hat uh, was bought by IBM or, or whatever it is, and so yeah, there's not many. What, what about Canonical? Right? Uh, where are they going next? Who's going to buy them? Well, there has been that vicious rumor on the block for at least three or four years now that actually Microsoft will make a grab for this. Taking the time if it's three to four years. <laughs> but it's uh, it's hard to imagine, right? I mean, fair enough, they did a lot of collaboration on something called WSL because, for example, Ubuntu was actually the first personality for want of, oh, sorry, distribution. To, be, mm. to, to use the correct uh, um, term here, that actually was running on WSL version 1. Apparently right, so quite... I, have question, I have a question for you. Do you know anybody who runs WSL? Uh, well, yes, I do. You do? Okay. I do, yes. Are they very happy with it? <laughs> well, it's... Let's put it this way. It's okay. And, and why? What I hear. <laughs> Why do because they are they doing this? Because it's, it runs on Windows, and that's probably the best subsystem from a Linux perspective that you can get. Because Sequin only goes so far in France, unless you want to put a VM or want to use Docker in into play, or want to use Docker or something. I mean, the beauty is with WSL 2.0, you actually have a Linux kernel, a full Linux kernel at your disposal. Um, and performance is better. And yes, of course, just pick the distribution of your choice. It doesn't have to be Ubuntu anymore. Just take a look at the yeah, just, in the um, Windows Store. I just don't get it. It's like, why, why would you do this? I still uh, haven't found, found, found a use case for, for running WSL. Um, I'm just going to crack open another can there. Sorry. <laughs> it is year-end, so we just uh, we just might as well celebrate it a little bit. No, it's it's quite straightforward. If people... I, I Just take a look at your ordinary corporate developer that... What, you want the one with the lockdown PC, you mean? <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Exactly. They're not going to allow them to install WSL, are they? I mean, they get the images from corporate IT. Funny mm-hmm. enough, these images would be, have a guess, exactly Windows. Now, they have to deploy They have to deploy in production, of course, on a Linux basis, because this is what these hipsters from DevOps basically tell them, that no, seriously. Uh, that no, sorry, you cannot deploy Windows anymore because we just did away with these few remaining Windows servers in, in production. So if the new kid on the block for the last what twenty plus years? Well, um, well, not twenty, but let's say let's say seven to ten years. Well, here's a little bit of tidbit for you, as for as probably some of our listeners knows. No, sorry. I was employed by somebody, by a company called Verizon previously, and I was in charge of, funny enough, hosting, selling hosting environments uh, on an EBA basis. And so I had access to cloud figures. Verizon had their share, had their fair share of cloud products ranging from 
virtual public clouds right up to infrastructure as a server and all the rest of it. So while I was working there, I had insight into deployment figures and there was only one direction for Windows Server deployments. And that was downwards rapidly. So in, in, on the other side, Linux was just going up, was going through the roof. So the thing is going back to this, de- to this, to this image question, if you have no other choice than either using Docker, a VM or WSL, you probably go for the easiest solution. Funny enough, on Windows, I reckon that will be WSL because it comes with the operating system, getting it up, up and running in contrast to what's it called? Oh. VirtualBox and Friends, sorry. <laughs> it's just a breeze and off you go. And as I said, it's, it's, you don't have to install it. It's there. You just have to pick the list of your choice and then you have yeah. a full U- Linux user that as you, at your disposal. No, sorry. It's not for me. So yeah. Hang on. Uh, hang on. Hang on, Martin. Martin. You are not working at a company that does corporate images, right? Well, a company that has corporate images and expects people to develop for Linux should probably provide uh, their developers with the appropriate equipment rather than trying to get them to mess around with Windows. Well, if the, IT play, if the IT plays along. But you see, I mean, you to, I mean, just take your ordinary 2122 company. These companies like General Electric, Siemens, and all the rest of them. I mean, either... You give a developer a separate laptop that runs Linux, but that doesn't have access to the corporate network. Good luck, good luck with that. Or you give it a hard image that is normally a desktop image, which of course is Windows based. The call is yours. Uh, well, I don't know. I see quite a lot of Macs these days, but I don't know about you. <laughs> um, uh, Martin, anyway. sorry. Um, Especially amongst the, at- amongst the amongst <laughs> Exactly. You're working at this hipster startup that peddles GPU databases. I mean, come on. This is not your tier one, tier two company with a hundred thousand plus employees. There is a difference. Yeah, I suspect they um, move a little bit slower, don't they? Plus security would be what at at the very uh, top of their concern list, I suppose. And this is the reason, basically, why... Are you saying that Linux is not secure? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) The stuff that I'm saying is is actually they have access to to Windows components and can harden their own images. Now, if they would do the same for Linux, they would have two platforms to support. Doesn't make much sense from a commercial perspective, does it? This is the reason why they're going normally for Windows. Well, then they have to support WSL for Windows, don't they? Anyway, yeah, just don't do it. Just forget about WSL. It's not, Microsoft, it's no, no if use. You get, if you want to get in touch about sponsoring just, options, just buy Canola Call. Yeah, the, the email address is feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. We should actually create a corporate sponsoring email address. For, for all the large amount of inquiries we get. Yes, yes, indeed. Much easier to deal with the inbox. (laughs) So let's create, what what do you call it, Martin? Cash at Linux (laughs) Illustrator. Okay, here. here. Makes Um, sense to me, yeah. Uh, Let's get in touch with our IT operation support so that they can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Or or have you fired them already? (laughs) 
Martin uh, has a little no, they, they, they keep complaining about the number of tickets and stuff for my African um, cinema. Martin, Martin has a little bit of full disclosure. Martin has a little bit of a habit of fire, of simply firing the department if they don't play along. <laughs> oh, this is our prerogative. <laughs> the, the, uh, Martin, yeah. yes. But no worries, I keep hiring them back, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, on to the next subject. So, uh, the next subject, probably, yes. Uh, so probably Microsoft, uh, Microsoft won't buy Canonical. Uh, that that would be my take on the situation. Well, if they haven't done it in the last three or four years, then yeah. No, they what, haven't. What, what, what has changed, right, um, in, the, in the time for them to do so? Uh, however, they are being edged out, aren't they? Microsoft. Hmm. Uh, yes and no, right? I mean, uh, so funny enough, they, they get into them hard, uh, more and more, right? I mean, the Surface line of computers, I think they do a thing called Xbox, if I'm completely mistaken. Mm-hmm. That is quite sought after too. Exactly. What's it called? Five or something, right? I'm not a gamer, so for full disclosure, no, I don't play. It's PlayStation. It's, uh, PlayStation Sorry, see, <laughs> Martin? <laughs> there you go. So what's, what's the latest play? What's the latest Xbox then? As a series X or S, right? Okay. And that has your usual 10 CPUs, 15 GPUs, <laughs> and a couple of SSDs built into them. No, I mean, seriously, the, the first couple of Xbox, when I looked at the spec, they were quite hmm. impressive. Yep. Yeah. yeah and I reckon that hasn't changed. Uh, hardware, indeed. Well, they're also not cheap, right? That's, this is. How much, how much do they cost these days? As I said, I'm a full, I, I don't play at all, so. Uh, I don't know what they Costing euros, but there, um, there are more if, if you can, if you can find one, uh, there are five, six hundred pounds, I think, in the sort of regions. So. And what is that in real money? In euros, so probably a couple of thousand. No? <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Martin. <laughs> Kids, don't worry. <laughs> In the future, just get them from the UK. Uh, if Microsoft hasn't have, hasn't copped on to the, uh, to the to the conversion rate, which will go through the floor, is that what I'm looking for? Once Brexit has hit, because as we all know, in about three years' time, I will buy the UK for <laughs> its pack, I suppose. <laughs> but that's a different subject. Excellent. <laughs> Maybe two six packs. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Just uh, add, okay. add, add to the collection of over here in Greece. Exactly. <laughs> okay. If you're listening, uh, what's his name? Um, damn, I forgot his name now. Um, sorry, Brian Johnson. If you're listening, don't get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> no, just simply don't. <laughs> There's no point, you see. We only want real money, not pounds. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway. Uh, right. Uh, so, don't worry. Uh, okay. Yes. Next subject, I think, isn't it? Um, Yes, we've talked about Red yes. Hat. So, mm. the next subject, right? Uh, this is one for you, I think. So, oh, well, it's more mainframe stuff, so I think that's more for the old people amongst us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's the question then? Uh, something about Linux One saving the mainframe. I thought uh, I thought you just uh, made a claim that the mainframe didn't need saving because nobody touched it anyway. Well, I mean, I reckon, uh, well, the, the, the question is, uh, is almost half answered, right? Uh, mm. I, I, the first time, I, full disclosure, that's about 
four years back, maybe three years, when I first logged into a Linux One system. Actually, you can get them for free for a period of time. Just check out the IBM full disclosure. Just check out the IBM website. You all you need is an account and a mobile number. Once you have this, uh, you have access to I think thirty days of a two core main virtualized mainframe partition. Uh, running a user land of your choice. That would include Ubuntu, Red Hat, and the usual suspects. If you, t- I mean, the first time I, I checked this out, and I reckon it hasn't changed much, it looked like an ordinary Linux. There was no tangible difference. As a matter of yeah. fact, I gave, a, I gave a presentation at an open source conference about two years ago. Uh, where I ported something called Redis. Some people may be familiar with an in-memory NoSQL database on <clears throat> a Linux One system running Red Hat in about 45 seconds because all I had to do was clone the GitHub repo and simply compile it. And then it worked out of the box like a charm. There was no difference between OS X, in that case, the, the OS X experience for, for, for Redis or any other Linux uh, Intel-based or even ARM-based. You just put it down, you compile it, it works. Hmm. Only much more, much, much, much more performance. Uh, sorry, much, much faster. That's what I'm looking for. Because you have about 50 years of engineering expertise at your fingertips. Give or take a few. Right. So, so Linux, so. This hardware. Well, you see, if that stuff wasn't so damn expensive, I would have one myself. But you're looking at, I think, entry level at least these kind of black, black, black cupboards. You're looking at one digit or something. Hmm. That kit doesn't come cheap, but it's called Z0, uh, System Z or Z or Z0 or whatever, <clears throat> or whatever the car name is for a reason. These these machines don't uh, don't have any downtime. Hence the war. Hence the notion zero. As in zero downtime. I thought it was called you one. Just, you just flip them on so and they run. Yeah. No, Linux one is, is, I don't know, it's probably a marketing term. I don't know. Maybe it's the first Linux, real Linux system ported to, ported to mainframe and running out of the box without a little bit of kernel tampering or something. I don't know. Hmm. Ask IBM. Okay. Right, I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> open source listeners will be talking to IBM specifically about Red Hat, but not about buying a mainframe. Um, okay, cool. So, here's a question for you. Um, okay. Yes. Awesome. Will Skynet become NVIDIA once again, Martin? What do you think, given the fact that you own NVIDIA mm. Kit? <laughs> uh, why once again? They... Are they yeah, well, for Avid listeners, one and the same I, already, or have I missed something? No, for 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 for, for our Avid uh, uh, listeners, of course, I don't need to explain <clears throat> that because. But for those people who who missed that episode um, in March, I think it was, um, as we all know, Skynet came out of Nvidia. So the question is actually, will Skynet? Shed its evil, what's the word I'm looking for? It will reveal shell? itself, is what we're saying? No, no. Uh, no. Will, will Skynet shed its evil shell and become just a proprietary hardware vendor uh, again? But they are a proprietary hardware vendor. Skynet, no, Skynet is some evil AI <laughs> ruling the planet. 
Probably thought because it was NVIDIA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it evolved from NVIDIA. You got this wrong, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you... If if we are talking about um, what do you call those uh, so those people that aspire to rule the world? Uh, Martin Visser. Uh, Donald Trump. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, they have? They have well, a name. But... <laughs> for disclosure, Martin Visser is not a revolutionary, a revolu- rev- revolutionary slash world dominator, denominator. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Dictator, okay. dictator, dictator. Yes. Dictator, yes. Mm, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, dictatorship is more of a country, isn't it? But there are these people that try to rule the global world. Global dictator. Also. Okay, global dictator. That will do. That will do. Yeah, there's a few of those aspiring to the job, aren't there? At the moment. Um, Why Trump has failed? That chap in North Korea has clearly failed. Yeah, well, they're clearly doing it wrong because they're doing it through politics, whereas you're much better doing it through. Uh, software or <laughs> or hardware, right? <laughs> they obviously Donald, haven't caught, caught on to this. Yeah. Donald, if you're listening, stop tweeting and send email to feedback at linux.eu. You need some advice. <laughs> In case you need some advice, exactly how to swing back any kind of swing state or whatever. Just get in touch, Donald. We can probably sort you out. Maybe not. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, so going back to global dictators, right. So we have, who do we have? We have um, uh, the weirdo from Tesla. What's his name? Elon uh, Musk. Yes, that's him. Then we have, obviously, our friend from Amazon. Of course, there's also Nikola Tesla, but I think he's dead. Yes, he's definitely dead, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, unless he invented the uh, the time travel at the same time, but... Who knows, right? <laughs> He's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> um, where were we? So, yeah, so we, we have... have um, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin comes to mind. No, he's in politics. He's going to fail, yeah. You have to be... You think in, so? Okay. Yeah, you have to be in hardware or software or bookshops or stuff like that, right? So we have um, Elon Musk, uh, uh, yeah. Bob Bezos, uh, and then there's obviously our friend from Skynet, Jensen Huang. Uh, who else have we got? Well, you so, know more than I do about this. Mm, mm. So yeah, there's, there's kind of, you know, who, who, who out of those three is going to be the global dictator, do you reckon? None, I suppose. None. None. Okay. Why? I mean, Bazin, sorry, Bezos. Not Bezin, Bezos. Bezos. Bezos, sorry, Bezos. I don't, I, where does this Jeff, if you're listening, in? can you tell is us how you pronounce your name? Chris is struggling. Send email to feedback on Linux in Los Exactly. Where does Bezos even come from? It's Greek name or something? Oh, is it the Greeks again? Hang on a minute. I do, I, I do not know. <laughs> Maybe you can deploy a, tr- a search engine of your choice, Martin, and find out while I'm rambling on. <laughs> I thought he was American. Well, by, yes, by, 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 by birth. The, the name clearly is not um, uh, is not oh, English oh, oh, of, no, of, no, of English no, descent. No, no. Hang on a minute, that is not his actual name. There we go. What? His actual name is Jurgensen. <laughs> You're making this go. up, right? No, I'm not like this. Serious? I'm serious. Jeff Jurgensen. Mm. He doesn't look German, though, or Danish, or whatever. Well, I mean, lots of people out of these why, countries went, went to he... America, right? Why did he rename himself? Well, he obviously 
decided, oh, I need to, <clears throat> uh, he heard about Next OS, and I'm going to be Bez OS instead. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, if you're listening, you can enjoy that feedback at Linux in Lost. Why did you change your name, Jorgensen? Yes. <laughs> and this comes from a reputable source like Wikipedia or something? Indeed, indeed. Unless you hacked it in the meantime. <laughs> I wasn't watching I did anymore. not. Okay, good, good. I wouldn't interfere with reputable sources like Wikipedia. Why, why should I? I mean, the mm. most I would do if, if I, if I choose to do so would, would hack away their, 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 um, their pledge banner. Ah, time. okay, okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, it's because his parents, uh, his mother was married twice. And so his, um, uh, stepfather is a Mike Bezos. There we go. And does, that doesn't answer the question where Bezos comes from. Is in so the not, name Bezos? It's Mexican. <clears throat> Mexican. Cuban. Cuban. Sorry, Cuban. Cuban. There we go. So not no Bezos, one, but Bezos. No wonder Trump's, <laughs> Trump hates him because he's an immigrant. Sorts. <laughs> Maybe he also has a lot more money than Trump. <laughs> well, and he bought and papers yeah. that are not exactly Trump friendly. Let's put it this way: the Washington Post comes to mind, of course, mm. and. Yes. So. Okay. So, what do uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have in common? Money, lots of it. <laughs> uh, apart from that, <laughs> a certain. Okay. Uh, apart from the desire to rule the world as well, they have another desire. Drive comes to mind. Uh, I'm sure yeah. they have a car, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was referring to the fact there, that there is, they're bo- both no, trying to also rule space, right? There, so. there is no such thing as drivity in the English language, <laughs> if I'm not completely mistaken. So, <laughs> I'm, it, this is one, full disclaimer, this is one of the few occasions where I'm actually lost for words. <laughs> Doesn't happen that often. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, um, uh, where were we? Um, no, I mean, they, they have a certain kind of ambition, let's put it this way. Yes, ambition to rule space as well, yep. I mean, no, I mean, Bezos has just to get married once again, and then he, he's, he's gonna be broke. I mean, the first, the, the first wife took away how many million, how many billions? I don't know. One point something, I don't, right? I don't, Whatever. I don't read, uh, those kind of newspapers. <laughs> uh, or Hello sure Magazine, it's, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's on Wikipedia too. <laughs> just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, uh, I yeah. mean, uh, people for all these billionaire wannabes out there, don't get married. Married, <laughs> bad idea. If okay. you do get married, if you make that fatal mistake, well, mm. just have a prenup in place. Very important. Well, actually, it doesn't really and matter. something that is watertight that cannot be kind of argued about in the court of law. Mm. Because well, if you're marrying yeah. the wrong woman, sorry, this is important for all, for all the for all the partying people out there, <laughs> for all the billionaires amongst our listeners. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, the bottom line is, if you if you then make that fatal mistake of getting married, just make sure that the prenup is watertight, so you're not taken apart in the, in the court of law. Should you get actually get a divorce, this is the important bit. Of course, that all saves you uh, if you if you don't get married in the first place. Well, yes and no. Uh, if you have 180 billion anyway, then does it matter if you lose 90? Right? 
what, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> well, I think the wife got half of it, no? Yeah, so, okay, so he still oh, has sorry, 90, 90 billion or whatever it is. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. So the bottom line is, of course, we just have to buy more at Amazon. <laughs> That's going to pay it This is just buy more because Jeff Bezos is in dire need of cash. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, this so prediction for 2021. Who out of those three is going to be the the most maddest global dictator? No, uh, nobody, because they nobody. won't be, they won't rule. Well, maybe Bezos through Amazon, but I'm not too sure because yeah, I mean, you heard about you heard about the you heard about the French protest, right? Yesterday or, or when or when or whenever it was. French protests. Oh, they're protesting people, every day. It's nothing. Yes, but they were special. People okay. took out <laughs> the, people, <laughs> people took to the streets in France because more and more people are just buying online and they are afraid that all the local shops in the current lockdown <clears throat> recording ah. this kind of late November, early December, uh, will simply disappear. And, and of course they have a point. You just have to take a look at the numbers. Yeah. Amazon is hiring people in, in, in troves. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Bezos friends, sorry, Bezos company, when was it? I think in March or April or something like this, maybe, maybe May. Look it up, people. Um, <laughs> has announced they would be, they would be creating a hundred thousand jobs or, sim- or a somewhat similar region within the next month. In which That's country? Globally. Globally? Oh, that's not that much. Then. That's okay. a huge number. Well, not if you're all paying them 2p an hour, then yeah, they probably. Not too worried about it. They don't, because the majority of the countries where Amazon is is is, pel- is peddling things have minimum wages. Germany, UK, as well as the US comes to mind. Hmm. Uh, yes, I suppose point? Um, the uh, 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 the our far eastern uh, Amazon has no such thing. But anyway. Yeah. So you say none of them, okay? So Bezos oh, that's not much of a prediction, have, is it? <laughs> may, Bezos may have a slim chance to maybe get close, but apart from that, that's it, I suppose. Hmm. What about this Richard guy running this uh-huh. GPU database outfit? Yeah. Why doesn't he feature on this list? Too small. No, we have a four-year plan, not a one-year plan. <laughs> See, Richard, if you're listening, if you want to send cash, don't give it to Martin. Just get in touch at <laughs> cash at linuxinlaws.eu. Oh, while we're talking on this subject, are Yiftach uh, and um, Offer listening to this? I do. I, I suppose not. Uh, um, the latest, that's what I heard. That oh. may, of course, change. With the recent Itama episode, if you if yes, haven't been listening, this is series Perfect. one, mm-hmm. episode nineteen. Itama reveals it all, especially why he wanted to become a mermaid. <laughs> the important bit. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. three episodes out of the last year, this is one of them that you're going to listen to. Yes, sorry, we were on the subject of it. Oh no, uh, the, the question is probably not. Uh, they are too busy with uh, with other things, I suppose. Hmm. Okay. Right. So no chance of a sponsorship there either then. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Unless Britlet will be bought by Redis Labs. <laughs> well, that, that, that would be, uh, uh, yeah, not entirely 
<laughs> Full disclosure, this is pure, this is, this is purely assumptional people. We are not insiders, uh, on that level anyway, and we are certainly not out there to make a financial bargain mm. on this one. At least not yes. I am. Anyway. Yeah. Place any bets on any of these predictions. Exactly. <laughs> Our advice. Full disclosure, we are not responsible for what we say at all on this podcast. <laughs> and this is a legally binding statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree, agree. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. Next question. Okay. Yes, Martin, this is again for you. Will strong oh, okay. artificial intelligence finally prevail and make the jump to mainstream? Uh, well, it depends uh, what you call mainstream, but it is already uh, amongst uh, many households in various forms, right? Uh, we have our Alexas, we have our other devices, we have our Teslas, um, etc. Is this All really powered are... by AI? Yeah. I mean, kind of, you see, the thing is, the, the, the clue think is that's here. that's a little guy sitting on the other end of the <laughs> um, No, 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 hang on. <laughs> The clue is actually in, in, in the term with strong artificial intelligence. I'm not talking about weak. Okay. Like, like, like the stuff that is domain specific, mm. like the stuff that just recognizes patterns essentially. Strong mm. AI in contrast to this would have eventually the ability to form something called a conscience. And this ah, is the clue. like, uh, what is that thing? GTP 183 or something or, um, what's his number? Not hyperspace, but what's the one, what's the movie I'm looking for? Not Sam, but hang on. The one with the, with the, with the, with the computer and, um, it's a classic. Martin, help me out. Oh, you. uh, Hal or. Yes, Hal is the computer's name. Uh, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> the Sorry, was... is actually in the, in, in, in the acronym IBM, of course. <laughs> Slightly distracted. Uh, yeah. uh, and the, and the movie, uh... and, 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 and the name of the movie was not cyberspace, but deep space, no, um. 2001 Space Odyssey, no? Yes, thank you. That was it. And this is what I You're would welcome. consider <clears throat> to be almost a strong AI. Uh, yeah, but you know the um, the conversational AI uh, thing. Eliza? No, no, no. That's no. strong uh, AI. GPT something or other. You're not familiar with that one? I, I do not know. Enlighten ah, me. okay. You're behind the times. Uh, so, it's, it's, so this is a project. Martin, AI, I'm just right? a humble, I'm just a humble free and open source slash operating system nerd. I'm always behind the times, even if I am wearing my hipster beard, which I'm right. not. You're not? No? no okay. I'm not. What happened? You're no longer a hipster. Uh, <laughs> You're keeping up no. on the hipster dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, no, the beard is history, but it has been for the last 40 plus years, but that's a different story. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Okay. Martin. Right. So anyway, open AI, familiar with them? No. The open AI, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Do you please do explain? Okay. Anyway, they, um, uh, they made some impressive stuff with, um, uh, GPT-3, which is, uh, short for generative pre-trained transformer, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but this is a, um, uh, a, a piece of software that is, can be considered to be, uh, a next generation 
because it can lie, it can make jokes, um, these kind of things, right? Um, and when it chooses to, not because it's um, uh, programmed to do it on a certain occasion. Uh, so it can, it can have a, a decent conversation with someone. Um, so uh, links and show notes. This, but, is, um, yeah. this is like a, like a GN, a generative adversarial network? It, it's really a, a language model. Uh, anyway, uh, probably yeah, a subject but, uh, of, a, of Martin, a whole different episode. <laughs> but but um, Martin, a language model is domain specific. Why would that be strong AI? I wonder. No, 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 no. Why is language? Um, why is language domain specific? Because it's it, it's not context free. It's context specific. But you you are losing language. Language is no. there to describe everything. So it's not. Context specific. It, language is for everything. Um, <clears throat> language is a domain, and a conscience is not necessarily no, about no, no, languages. Language a domain language is a uh, communication mechanism. Yes, but a conscience is not necessarily bound to language. No, but it's a way to express it. It's a bit difficult for people to read what's minds. So yes, but you see, <laughs> unless I missed something, telepathy <laughs> is not expressed in English or. Chinese or gem for that matter. You yeah. just read people's minds. That's the way it works. Yes. And this is what I would consider to be not, uh, not close, but almost there in terms of you have a conscience, you know, you can drive conclusions without the domain at hand. You're able to learn beyond the domain. You develop a conscience. You probably know what's good, what's bad. Your specific backyard, of course, because as we all know, probably the mafia and the IBA and, and the FBI have different notions of what's gonna, of what's good and bad. So, but they all have a conscience. They this do? is what, yeah, of course they do. Yeah. No, no, I Whether that's that, a good the FBI or had a conscience? That, that remains to be seen. <laughs> but you see, the news to me. Well, we are talking uh, about yeah, humans, right? About your com- uh, conscience. <laughs> well, and, and and humans do have conscience in, in contrast to different, to certain animals who do not, or which do not rather, because they're not people. Yeah, and this is what I and this conscience. is and and this is what I mean and this is what I mean by by strong AI. A strong AI certainly has the ability to draw conclusions beyond a specific domain for which they have been trained for. Like yeah, but the point is that GPT-3 is trained on 175 billion parameters and knows everything about everything. Okay. And can lie and can make jokes and stuff. So uh, worth, worth looking at, I would suggest. So we are close in that case. It's quite impressive if you... Compared to what we've seen so far from the likes of Deep Speech. <laughs> and <laughs> A whole that, different matter. Um, and that runs on different GPU types too, not just NVIDIA? <laughs> oh, I don't know what it runs on, but... Um, uh, a fun fact, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the technology has been mi- uh, licensed to Microsoft, so yeah. I uh, mean, lying... is challenging for this world domination. I, I mean, yeah. lying goes a long way, right? I mean, you're almost there in that case. Mm. Mm. Well, main, mainly choosing when to and not as well, right? It's... Um, well, this is, this is, this is where, this is, this is where we're getting close to a fine art. Because humans have been perfecting this for at least mm. 
the last 100,000 years, give or take a few. This mm-hmm. is where we come from. This is all this social interaction and stuff. Independent, I might add. <laughs> independent, I might add, of, of, mm-hmm. of cultural heritage and background. Indeed. Facial expressions and all the rest of it. Social engineering works in different languages too. Mm. So, I mean, and if we have a, if we have something that comes close, yes, I would consider that to be the big, the next big thing in strong artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, worth a, a, a look. Anyway. Um, Okay, so make the jump to mainstream. Okay, if we're talking about strong AI, hmm, probably not not mainstream uh, yet next year, but um, certainly within the next uh, five years. Hmm. Okay, uh, I have a question for you as well. Go ahead. What happened to Docker and Kubernetes? Oh, they're still around, I, uh, I suppose. They are, however... Do we Just think take... that people will actually start using this <laughs> um, properly? Uh, specifically uh, Kubernetes, right? Yeah, I mean, just take a look at any hipster or non-hipster DevOps team that doesn't use containers. I mean, if you're, if you're serious about cloud, chances are you are using containers. So Docker Swarm well, hasn't made it. Yes, uh, so it's, know. it's, so, so has clearly won the game. And OpenShift and Rancher and you mm. name it. Indeed. Well, sorry, uh, OpenShift and Rancher, what about them? They are not quite as popular as Kubernetes, right? I would reckon, I mean, if you're right, I chop the other, it goes the other way around. I mean, the, the jury is allowed on, ver, uh, on, 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 Kind of generic as in vanilla Kubernetes, as in the likes of GKE, GKE and stuff, mm. as in Google Kubernetes engine and OpenShift. But I reckon <clears throat> if you're an, if you're an OpenShift shop, uh, sorry, if you're if you're a Red Hat shop, you will be using OpenShift. And if you are anywhere near clouds, containers are your deployment method of choice, even on-prem or hybrid environments. If you're not running on a mainframe full disclosure probably will have some containerized element in it when it comes down to deployments. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's agreed on that, but um, it's just that. Uh, but, so the main question, I think, around this one is that, um, uh, yes, Docker is there for a lot of uh, pieces of the application, um, but I've, I've still yet to see uh, organizations adopting communities in full uh, capacity, right? It just tends to be sort of limited to, to pieces of applications and uh, oh. little pieces like that. As a matter of fact, I know full disclosure, <clears throat> one of my hobbies is working as a solution architect for a company called Redis Labs. Hmm. And in that capacity, I do come across a lot of customers slash prospects who are looking for a NoSQL database fitting their needs and the majority of them who are just in the process of re-architecting the application landscape are serious about microservices. And guess what? 
11 out of 10 would be going for containers. 11 out of so, 10. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, Mark. 11 out of 10. <laughs> are, are they going for containers 110%? <laughs> if not more, yes. And <laughs> Indeed. And uh, funny enough, whether cloud or not, uh, because Swarm didn't make it, mm. Kubernetes would be the orchestration framework of choice for them. Because A, it runs on any platform you can think of, and the, distribu and the distribution specific things like OpenShift come with your platform of choice that you have in production anyway. Red Hat, of course, comes to mind. Simple. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of if, but rather when. Okay. If you haven't done this already. Yeah, I'd be interested to see some, some stats from this, but, um. Martin, just break into any tier two, any tier one company on this planet, check out the deployments and you'll be amazed. Just don't get caught. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. That's a handy tip from the in laws. <laughs> Do not get caught. <laughs> full, dis full, uh, full disclaimer, kids. <laughs> Even if you're a trained professional, do not break into other people's systems. They do not like this. Very yeah. important. Important advice here. Yes, listen to uh, Grandad Chris here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the two old chaps on the show. <laughs> uh, talking, talking of old chaps, where are the grumpy old girls? <laughs> are they going to turn up one day or not? Funny enough, Martin, full, full disclosure, they are younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> Both oh, of them. Really? Yes. Wow. They are. <laughs> Could have fooled me. Anyway. Um, back on the <laughs> subject of. Full, full disclosure, people. Martin is fooled. <laughs> but that's okay. All right. Where were we? Um, right. Document community. Okay. So, uh, okay. Then following on from that, I guess, is the whole cloud question. There are, th there are these things up in the sky, right? <laughs> Uh, is anybody not going to have a, a cloud-only solution in 2021? Well, I mean, it's it's 2020 is past. I mean, this is almost done. I mean, cloud is there. I mean, there, there's no dispute about this. So hmm. that's another tick in the checkbox. Check in the tick box. Whatever. Yes, but you know are, I mean? are the likes of Microsoft and Google going to make any progress into the bookshop? And if so, how? Well, Microsoft is growing quicker than, than and, and is growing quicker in absolute numbers than the bookshop is. Absolute numbers and of what? Customers or? No, in terms of growth rate. Just take a look well, at the numbers. How, how, how are you measuring this growth rate? Uh, in terms of new customers. Okay. Going onto the platform. I mean, the bookshop has a couple of years to their advantage, but then Microsoft does have their, does have its, Office, and the process force. Yeah. Well, it also and teams. Don't forget teams. Come, comes, <laughs> well, you see, uh, teams in Office was actually came <laughs> after that enterprise sales force. Well, all, Office almost. But you see, the thing is, Microsoft has it down to <clears throat> to 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 this kind of sales force 
turned into, that's what I'm looking for, sorry. Microsoft has down its enterprise sales force down to fine art in terms of selling into enterprises because they have, uh-huh. they have been doing little else apart from their somewhat fledgling B2C business for the last 30 years. Should if we... you go into any larger company on this planet, mm. the desktops normally run Windows. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about shops now be beyond your kind of a couple of thousand employees. I'm talking about the the tier one, two, three, four, five companies on this planet, like uh, companies that have more than, say, twenty to 40,000 employees. I have yet to come across a company that doesn't in that size, that doesn't run Windows on their corporate desktops. Yeah. So they have a sales force. And if the IT department is looking for a cloud mm, solution, if they are already on the bookshop platform, just put them, uh, just put a migration strategy in, in front of them, make the numbers juicy and they migrate. Unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to say, to name a few companies that have gone that down, down that route. But believe me, my guess would be that Microsoft would eat into a fair share of the of the AWS revenue come 2021, 2022. Hmm. You already see this. I mean, just look at best example. Why would I fund the competition being a retailer? Amazon is eating into my core business selling kit. Why give them money? Simple question. Supermarkets, wholesale, the whole retail business, apparel, whatever. Why? Host an Amazon. If That's another handy I'm funding the, comp- if I'm funded yeah. the competition by doing this, I'd rather go to Amazon. I, I, sorry, I'd rather go to Microsoft because um, because Microsoft is not in the business of selling food or apparel or something else. Hmm. They just sell a ticket. Full stop. Maybe the odd hardware, but that's about it. Same goes for Google. Google doesn't have a supermarket. Google doesn't sell apparel. They power the people to do so. And there's a difference between a marketplace in Amazon and Google just auctioning ad spaces. A marketplace, they all take revenue cuts, don't get me wrong. But a marketplace is an actual facilitator for trade. The ads are just the first step. And Google should make, shouldn't make one mistake. Go down the Amazon route. Because that'll certainly eat into their, into their, into their cloud business. So uh, it sounds like you're a bit of a Microsoft fan. Should we, um, Microsoft, if you're listening with, um, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Yiftach and Offer? Uh, oh no, hang on. They've done that already, haven't they? Um, yes. Announcement. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> What was the announcement again? Uh, um, Redis Labs, if you want to sponsor us, the address is cash at Linux. Yeah, we're not telling you otherwise. No, um, you can just sponsor uh, in general. <laughs> you cannot buy ad slots, I'm afraid. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on to the next question, Martin. Apple M1, the beginning of the end for Intel. That's an, a very interesting one, no? Well, it's not just uh, Apple. It's also um, the acquisition of ARM by NVIDIA, right? So 
if it goes Go ahead. ahead, Martin. Um, spill the beans. Spill the beans? What beans? What, um... I mean, you're envy the uh, customer, so go ahead. <laughs> well, you're Seriously, you're, you're an ARM customer, aren't you? I also have Intel, yeah. Um... Well, I, I'm not an ARM customer. I just uh, buy from companies who implemented mm. their SOCs. Or, sorry, mm-hmm. SOC mm-hmm. designs, rather. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what was the question? <laughs> oh, and, and for Intel, yes. Uh, well. For, for the slower among us, let me repeat the question there. <laughs> Apple M1, the beginning yes. of the end for Intel. Uh, it seems unlikely, right? I mean, um, I don't know what percentage of kit runs on Intel, but it is a very large percentage. So not uh, even the aforementioned cloud vendors uh, a, a large amount of their instance types are Intel even though you, you see a lot more uh, AMD as well these days so yeah interesting question um, it has been done before I guess uh, chip makers go by the wayside but um, I don't think Apple's uh, a few a handful of dodgy MacBooks is really going to make a huge <laughs> yeah. uh, impression on how many MacBooks do you own, Martin? Two? Uh, no, I'm, I'm back down to one because the, the second one was no good I whatsoever. See. Okay. Apple, if you're listening, uh, your quality no. is shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to change that statement, get in touch and take We can yeah. redact this, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and we may not be expensive as you think. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, uh, no, my my two cent. Uh, you yeah. spot on. Okay. Um, the thing is, the M1. I don't know if you've checked this out, but the M1 has yeah, a couple of a very cool piece. features. Yeah, serious piece of engineering. Yeah. For example, yeah. this neurological something SOC portion die whatever. Mm. The thing is, basically, uh, the specialized sub. Processor have been around for ages. SS2, uh, SSE2, um, sorry, SSE, SSE2, SSE, MM2 come to mind. It took the software manufacturers ages to adopt this. There was a stillborn called Giselle by ARM, as a matter of fact, hmm. that was succeeded by, by something called Thumbcell, I think if I'm completely mistaken. Essentially, the idea was behind these two designs to execute JVM, JVM instructions as in Java virtual machine instructions natively. Oh, if you take a look at the largest ARM platform out there called Android, they don't use it. Simple. So hence the notion of a stillborn because the adaption simply didn't take place. They put it out there. You could buy the SSC components as an license, license them from ARMS, but only very few people did. Giselle was, I think, released in 2003 and Damsel came 2005 or 2006. But the adoption was very little, if at all. Same goes for this new M1 functionality. If the developers don't avail of this, what's the point? Yes, but um, I mean, this is Apple's only uh, IP, right? It's not going to be available in anything else than Apple. That's it, and, and it's restricted to Mac, to Macs, exactly, yeah. or maybe um, iPads, iPhones, whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, we're looking at a 
desktop share of single digits or something in the greater scheme of things. Plus the fact that, of course, Intel has much more at their disposal than just the desktop. Just take a look at their recent shift into the server space. Hmm. If you take a look at their investments, Xeon and friends have have come on very strong in comparison to what are the what's that architecture what's that architecture called i or something right as in the desktop processors because clearly the future especially what Martin just has has just said the future is cloud so we all had this before right hmm. if you go back <laughs> yes to the mainframes you had terminals hmm. these days it's actually Chromebooks and the like as in thin clients that connect to the cloud. The paradigm is still the same. You have dumb clients in inverted commas connecting to a very powerful processing unit. Mm-hmm. Then it was the mainframe. Now it's other people's computers called the cloud. So the principle hasn't changed. Just the technology has is slightly more advanced. Let's put it this way. But at the end of the day, uh, I reckon the likes of Intel and AMD still have their place and they will survive, Apple or not. It's just a matter yep. of getting their innovation cycles right. Indeed. Uh, I'll tell you something that's uh, impressive about the M1 is its uh, production process. They which... do cool stuff, right? Like, well, like, it's allegedly um... is 5 nanometer, which is that... way better than anything that's... Yeah. Um... Plus, yeah, plus, plus, plus the fact that apparently the memory between the different SOC die parts is interconnected. So the GPU can directly read from the memory that the CPU is writing to without having to cross a bus or something like this, as in an inter, an inter chip bus. I mean, this is, this is pretty cool because there's a lot of speed up. Trouble is, of course, it comes in two varieties. It, you can buy it either with 8 gigabytes of RAM or 16. You cannot extend the memory. Hmm. This is the drawback. 8 gigabytes. 8 versus 16, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about MacBook Pros now. As in the 13-inch thir- models that have just been released in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take this apart, I, I, I saw a photo these days. If you take this apart, it doesn't look like a ordinary main, bo- main mainboard anymore. It's just a couple of components plugged together. So the stuff is really integrated and forget about extending this manual or, or at your disposal. You, you just can't. You buy the kit as it is or you, or you just leave it. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's quite impressive what they've done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously only limited plus, to plus the fact to that, max. that this, yeah, that this, that this kit doesn't come cheap. I checked hmm. out a 13 inch MacBook Pro the, over, over lunch today. Okay. 16 gig, 512 SSD hmm. sets you back 200, uh, 200, exactly. 2200 euros. Uh, and okay. that's just a 13 inch, uh, 13 inch model. Yeah. Well, I won't be buying one. But Apple, if you're listening, feel free to send one and then we can <laughs> yeah. eBay yeah, it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, the address is reviews at linuxinlaws.eu. 
<laughs> yes, and if you send us two, we will review this machine. No worries. Get in touch. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, where were we? Uh, Apple M1, yes. Okay. Uh, what is the, any, any major shakeups in the programming languages for next year, we think? Not likely. I mean, Rust has clearly won, but that's a given. That's a known fact. <laughs> what is actually won? <laughs> Was <laughs> one a medal? Java, Java people, if you're listening out there, my um, consolations. Yes, yes, yes. Um, to quote a friend of mine, if you see Java, just run. Mm, mm, that sounds like a solid piece of advice. <laughs> I wonder who this friend is. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. No, I mean, what's your take on this, Martin? You, given the fact that you're still an old JavaScript programmer or Kotlin or whatever it was. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I've seen some some articles saying that oh, yeah, uh, Python's growth is slowing down and uh, stuff like that. But um, like what? Hmm? Like what? Well, uh, Dart. No, 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 no. Python. I was talking about Python. Sorry, you mentioned a program language called Dat. No, no. Sorry. I got this wrong. This is my old age. Language is, language is failing here. <laughs> we need a GPT-3 trained model to replace Chris, I think. <laughs> please repeat. Uh, where were we? Okay. So yeah, no, um, okay. Well, what I was saying was that we see, I've seen a few mentions about Python be, becoming a little bit too mainstream and, and its growth is slowing down and things like that. But personally, I haven't seen any evidence of that from the people and customers I talk to. Um, now someone keeps going on about Rust, but yeah, uh, <laughs> C++ is quite a few is, people is, actually. <laughs> Okay, two ones, then not what, just someone, but two ones. <laughs> Some twos, there we go. I'll just make it millions, that's okay, no worries. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, C++ is still, um, yeah, driving still the majority that. of, of uh, low latency, high performance applications, yeah. right? So. But you see, even Microsoft, <laughs> yes, Microsoft indeed. Uh, there was a talk. Are you sure they're not sponsoring us? Are they just sponsoring you or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> neither Mark, I'm afraid okay, neither, okay. unfortunately, no. But Microsoft, sure, this thing, sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> No, there was a Go talk ahead. at a conference in May or June or something where Microsoft talked about Rust. And hmm. it's clearly their next big thing in contrast to C++, which apparently is on the way out after having been the workhorse at Microsoft for at least 20 years. Well, we did an interview with um, someone from C++, someone from Python, yes. and from Rust. And I think what I recall was that C++ is not going anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, anytime soon. I mean, it still has its place, don't get me wrong, but mm. uh, there are new technologies out there which are clearly more fitting for some use cases. Uh, yes, but if we're and talking about 2021, then, then yeah. Um, do we think anything will change in that, in, in a year's time, programming language adoption? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Martin, you were saying about 2021. Um, 
2021, yes, 2021 programming languages. I don't think much will change. Where is Rust on the list of, of programming language fastest, popularities? Fastest, fastest growing programming language in popularity globally. Fastest growing. If, <clears throat> if yeah. Chiobi, as in the, or the importance of being earnest in other programming languages, programming language indexes mm. or anything to go by. Okay. It used, be, it used to be Python, but I think now it's Rust. Yes, but that doesn't mean okay. It's fastest growing, but where is it on the list of being actually being used? Right? Mm, I reckon Rust is now in the top twenty. I think Python, I think, is place number two or three or something. Mm. <clears throat> Up with the likes of C that have been around for fifty years now. I mean, if you take a look at, at, at the GitHub code base, I mean, the total, the whole thing, the whole shebang, I mean, a good chunk would still be written in C. Never mind oh, our, which code never base? mind, sorry? Which code base, sorry? Our GitHub. Oh, GitHub itself, right, okay. <clears throat> as in the complete code base, as in lines of code that is out there. Uh, okay, got you. Yeah, I yeah, reckon yeah. the majority would be still written in C. I think. Hmm, I mean, never mind our favorite operating system. Yeah. You will not find any C++ code in the Linux kernel. You will, yeah. of course, find a, a, a Rust crate to, and to, to facilitate Linux kernel modules. We spoke about this earlier this mm -hmm. year, but if a chap called Linux Torvalds is anything, is anyhow, is any who, <laughs> whatever, uh, to go by, that would be the next language of choice in a couple of years' time for production use. That doesn't necessarily mean that eventually the whole kernel will be rewritten in Rust. No, that's not mm -hmm. going to happen. Because you're looking at way too many man years that have been put into this code base. But you will see certain portions of, of especially drivers, being coded in Rust going forward. It will take time, no, no, no doubt about that. But and that doesn't necessarily mean that the that the days of C in the kernel are numbered because it's, that's just too much C out there in terms of the in terms of the overall lines of code in the, in the kernel. But uh, Rust will start to make an appearance. That would be my take on the overall situation. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 actually in the um, Stack Exchange Developer Survey. Um, in terms of <clears throat> um, being below quite a few other ones, but um, it is on the list at least. So. Mm. Uh, and it's overtaking okay. Scala. Look at that. There we go. Uh, where yeah. were we? Yes. The next question on on that all important question. list would be: Will Snaps indeed conquer the world? You mean Snapchat? Is that not for? No, snap, no, snaps in, in terms <laughs> of the canonical distribution format for packages. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess you if, you're using, if, you, if you're using canonical, then uh, yeah. Sorry, you're not using canonical. Probably you would be using Ubuntu. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Rust is, is the most loved programming you language. For, for your information, anyway. it was the most loved programming language. I think we year. moved on. No, we haven't. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> we have now. Okay. okay. 
let's officially conclude the subject of oh, programming wow. language. The, the, Java isn't the most dreaded programming language. How did that happen? Anyway. What is that? I mean, what happened? Who, who took over? Which, which language took over? <laughs> VBA. <laughs> no surprises there. It's, okay. it's not even a programming it's, language. Hang on. <laughs> a, I thought it was a macro or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who was that guy who did Perl? Larry Wall. Hmm. No, there was um, oh, the interview that we did. The guy who invented Perl was, is called Larry Wall. Yeah, yeah, no, the guy who, who, um, he worked on the Pearl project for a lot of his time. We did an interview with him earlier this year. Randall Schwartz. Yes. But he yeah. didn't invent Pearl. No, no, I didn't say he invented Pearl. Or did I? I don't know. <laughs> I can cut this out. <laughs> I certainly will, Martin. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, yeah. We, sh we should have asked him why Pearl is number three on the most dreaded programming languages list. Um, it's probably hmm. old age and nomenclature in terms of expressiveness. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. Subject. <laughs> Not programming of languages. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean you remember the the conundrum about canonical issuing more and more software. Chromium, of course, comes to mind as Snaps. Plus the fact that Snaps actually, and this is something that probably not that many people know, requires a working app armor these days. I don't know when Canonical made that move, but my suspicion is at least 2004, if not before. As in the, what are, what's it, what's called focal fossil, something like this. Yes, focal fossil. If you disable or remove app armor, snaps won't necessarily work anymore. And you see, this is the interesting bit because essentially you're coupling previously independent, independent uh, modules together. Mm. So you're introducing a dependency that is not necessarily, that is not necessarily required. And this is what I see as an issue because Linux, never mind free and open source software in general, it's all about choice. So by moving in direct in, into that direction, and this is what you see in the community, and this is what you see on, on many discussions and many and many uh, um, blog entries and so forth, you're forcing a policy upon the community. And that is met by objection, which I totally understand. Because this is not necessarily about freedom anymore. I mean, if you have to have a working app armor, if you want to run snaps, that's a major thing. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. if you, if you choose SA Linux over app armor, good luck with that. Because these two frameworks do not play along well. So by using snaps, you are essentially, if you're using a recent Linux, uh, if you're using a, a recent Ubuntu distribution, mm -hmm. you are forced more or less to resort to app armor. That limits your freedom. Same goes for the tie-in of GNOME, GNOME and systemd. But then um, you could always <clears throat> install the non-snap version of whichever software you wanted to use. Of course, yes. That's mm. always your way out. Hmm. But well, that's an interesting prediction. Yeah, how many people will still be using the snaps? Indeed, indeed. Okay. 
Hmm. Yeah, sorry, I mean, how, yeah. how, how many people will, in that case, choose to move off Ubuntu? Good question. I mean, the same goes, as I said, the same goes for GNOME and Systemd. I mean, GNOME now relies on something called the login daemon coming from Systemd. No wonder KDE has a field day about propagating themselves or promoting themselves as the platform independent choice of desktop because they run on BSD, they run on Linux, they run on any open source software that is pretty much POSIX compliant. Whereas GNOME requires these days the login D functionality coming from systemd. Okay, so why did they make this move? Get in touch with um, gnome at redhat.com or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was their choice. It's it's a project decision, but I cannot follow this because it limits the variety of operating systems you can use. (laughs) The technical reasoning behind this might be perfectly viable, but... This is not about freedom anymore. This is about limiting your choices, if you ask me. Yeah, no, that's, um, uh, well, let's choose a different Linux distribution. Uh, do you have any ones you could recommend to the listeners? Arch comes to mind. <laughs> Arch, of course, uses system these. This is a beautifully maintained uh, piece <laughs> of Linux, is it? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, there's still links from Scratch and Gentoo, of course. Hmm. And of That's course, you can. Yeah, what's your um, experience with Gentoo? I've never used it, to be honest with you. No, no, no. I, I toyed I around with the idea of actually going the links from Scratch route down, 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 but but then something else called life happened in between, and Linux from Scratch is not for the faint-hearted, because what you're doing, essentially... You are taking one machine, you are taking mm. a second machine, and then you are building your system using the first machine for the second machine, as in compiling the kernel, compiling every every each mm-hmm. each and every packet on that first machine to be deployed on that second machine. Mm. That of course gives you a system that is completely suited to your needs at the expense of a pretty steep learning curve because what essentially what you have to do, you have to bootstrap the second machine using the first machine. So that requires on the first machine at least a working Linux system. Yeah. Including yeah. GCC and all the rest of the tools that mm-hmm. you need at mm-hmm. least to compile the kernel and an initial user land. For somebody who is new to Linux, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that 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 that, that route because, as I said, the learning curve is 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 quite steep. Yeah. But if guess, but uh, if you've mastered yeah. this, you know what this crack is all about, hmm. because you at that stage you know in Linux inside out, mm-hmm. especially the build process. Yeah, I think uh, I guess first step, first step would be to go to something like Gen two, as you say to. Um, before you go uh, that far, right? I mean, Gentoo has at least uh, the advantage of a rudimentary package management management system. If I'm completely mistaken, this stuff is... You can't get some of the packages pre-compiled. 
I think calls for a gentle special. Check out the merge. That would be the uh, package management of choice in Gentoo, if I could please mistake. Yeah, the Gentoo special is planned for May. That means that Martin has between now and May or April to read up on it. Hang on a minute. I thought you were the operating system guy. <laughs> Martin, it's called your education. <laughs> this is the important bit. All right. Um, I, next thing, you know, you're going to advise me to use the WSL for, for Windows again. <laughs> I'm not sure I should be... Uh... Well, why don't you put one, one up of your many Windows machines and check it out? <laughs> I have. It's useless. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, dear. Mo- moving on from the Microsoft slanging. Uh, okay. Right. The oh okay so the next question is actually we should have done this when we were talking about cloud but is open core the solution? Mm, I reckon okay. The solution to which problem? Yes, (laughs) it's late now, (laughs) and I'm not as drunk as I planned to be. So (laughs) (laughs) the the answer to that is somewhat philosophical. I mean, I reckon it depends on where you draw the line, right? In terms of, I mean, the money. Well, okay. uh, First of all, is it the solution to your question? You put the question in. I think. No, that was your. This was your question. <laughs> so the jury is the law question. Okay. okay, let's define uh, opcore first for the for 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 the listenership who's not familiar with the terms or the okay. or open source and open yep. core. Yeah, let's go for it. Martin. Okay, opcore uh, is taking uh, an open source project, uh, which is the the fundament. Well, fundamental. The, the the majority of the functionality lives there. Uh, the, as in the word core, the, the center of its software is open source, um, surrounded by, uh, non-open source components like, um, a lot of companies adopt to deal with extra feature or, or monitoring or stuff like that, right? They have stuff around it to, uh, sell, to be able to sell it. Otherwise, it would just be an open source project. <clears throat> so, uh, open core, uh, Redis is one of these examples. Uh, there are many more, of course. Uh, uh Redis Labs would be an open core company to be precise. Yes. Hmm. Uh, actually, Post, uh, Enterprise DB is not an open core company because their, um, database is actually a, uh, 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 a cl- not a clone. Um, it, it's not, um, what's the word? Something that they made up? <laughs> no, 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 what's, what's the word? It's, um. A fork. Fork, you thank fork? you. Thank you. You're welcome, yes. Martin. <laughs> not a knife, a fork. It's a fork of Postgres. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's no longer an open core, um, uh, company or product. Right? Similar to Red Hat, which of course is not. An open core company, but rather hmm. a full blown open source company. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, no, they have, they, not all their components are open source, are they? They're yeah, one. Well, uh, what do you call it? OpenShift, for example. OpenShift is open source. There is an OpenShift version of OpenShift, yes, but that's not the same as the Red Hat version of OpenShift. What? OpenShift is open source. Yeah, the open source project is, uh, OpenShift project is open source indeed, but OpenShift from Red Hat is not the same version. It has more features. 
different. I thought it was superior. I mean, I thought the code base was, 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 I mean, CentOS is the Red Hat code base open source. There's no difference between Red Hat and, and CentOS apart from the support model and stuff. My understanding is that OpenShift was pretty much the same. It's a Kubernetes amended by open source components coming from Red Hat. Are you sure about this? Well, it last, was last time I looked, which is a year ago, maybe? About 20 years ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay. ignore, ignoring this detail. <laughs> yes. Okay, a full disclosure. The money has to come from somewhere. I, I see both mm. sides of the coin. Red Hat have been pretty successful of turning an open source code base into an open source business model. But then there are open core companies like Redis Labs, like Confluent, you name them, that have to hire employees and pay the bills too. So I see both sides of the coin. Yeah, there is certainly market for a pure open source company, like, as I said, uh, Red Hat, but open core, of course, is a viable business model. Is that what I'm looking for? Two, because like Confluent, like Redis Labs, the revenue that they make funds an awful lot of open source contributions, mm-hmm. never mind drives innovation there. And Redis is probably the best example because yes, it's it's an example, but yes, yeah. The the majority of the of the contribution to the open source code of the contributions mm-hmm. of the open source code base these days come from Redis Labs employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the alternative is obviously for, okay, so there's, the model can be, okay, you have an open source project and as a company you offer support, right, which is what, um, the original. Next out, Red Hat, that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then if you do this, all you're doing is, is, uh, all your innovations and all your IP is open source and means that anybody can use this, like, uh, well, the cloud vendors do. Um, and so you, you have yeah. no, no, almost no added value yourself anymore in terms of, um, you're just basically giving your IP away, aren't you? Um, unless you restrict this with hmm. a certain licensing model, creative, not, not creative commons, but what's, what's the licensing R- model? RSAL. Yeah. That is soft. It's an example. <laughs> Redis Lab, what's it called? Redis soft source available license. license. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But there was a predecessor called Creative Commons, but you're the license guy. You should know. <laughs> I don't. I can't. Okay. Anyway. All right. Not to worry. We'll be in the snow, show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Opencore, um, but yeah, as as a company that is not selling proprietary software, you have to do something right. So uh, open core being a good compromise there. Indeed. Common, commons class, it was called. Ah, yes. Very good. And the controversy around it, yes. Mm. About mm-hmm. one and a half years ago, I suppose. By the way, quite a few open core companies went down that route. Mongo, yeah, yeah, Couchbase, yeah. Redis Labs, Confluent, or mm-hmm. come to mind. Yep. I'm just saying. Well, they have to, right? 
Well, I reckon that there's uh, yeah. definitely... It's, it's a if you want to be a business, that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, hmm. Nextcloud and, in my opinion, Red Hat still do that open source thing. I mean, yeah. we had yeah. Frank Karliczek on the show yeah. about two episodes ago, mm-hmm. and he confirmed that Nextcloud, never mind what's called, Next Nextcloud Talk, whatever, is purely open source. Mm-hmm. So that will be the prime example for pure open open source play company. <clears throat> Granted, slightly smaller than Red Hat. <laughs> yeah, well, this, yeah. still successful. Mm-hmm. Yep. P- PHP or not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's Indeed. left? What's left? I think. In terms of questions. We have covered pretty much all of it. Uh, okay, so final uh, question is, what is your biggest prediction for 2021? Linux in-laws will continue to be the primary <laughs> open source podcast. Okay. Okay, yeah, no, no I like that one. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. We are making progress. <laughs> We will. Okay, my prediction is we will have sponsorship after after this episode. We'll have <laughs> sponsorship from Microsoft, Apple. If, if uh, you're listening, Microsoft, Apple. Yes. Addresses cash and Excellent, excellent. Just just keep the cash coming. We do take major credit cards. Just get in touch. No worries. We do accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. major, all major cryptocurrencies. Mm. And we also accept a Ford Fiesta for Martin as a bargain, <laughs> as, as a payment guide. If you, if, if this is what you're looking for, by all means, just get in touch. Indeed. The email address is a Ford underscore Fiesta at Linux. <laughs> <laughs> we need to speak to IT phones. The email address is. <laughs> I mean, Martin, if you haven't fired them, that's your job come tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) Martin, we do have some feedback. Yes, excellent feedback this time on... Kevin wrote... What did Kevin write? (laughs) Kevin wrote, I love the show. Great interview with Frank Karliczek. I'd I'd love to know more about Nextcloud. Excellent. Kevin. Well, Kevin, the URL is actually nextcloud.com, if I'm not completely mistaken. The Can source code is on, yes. And, of course, the GitHub uh, repo is there for, for you to clone the code, and off you go. Excellent. But, hey, but wait, it, but, the, but, but, but wait, wait there's wait. more. <laughs> there's more. We, are, we also sent a mail to the HPR mailing list saying, I just listened to the interview with Frank Karliczek on Linux in-laws, and it got me thinking. The interview was mostly about the project itself, which is fine, but it left me wanting more. Don't we all? And I suspect there are people in HPR that can satisfy my requests. And then he goes on with a list of things that he would love to see. Ah. Um, like, I'd love to have maybe a short series on, on that. Now, that might look at how Nextcloud is installed and configured. Then are some of the applications you might want to use. What are the best apps to replace things like the Google apps, for instance, and so forth? There hasn't been an answer on this one, so I suppose that much, nobody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we should know. Actually, maybe maybe we should do a second 
show on Nextcloud. This time about 20 hours with the data and installation walkthrough. Yeah. Did you not do this already? No. No? No, not a show, oh. but inst install it. Oh, yeah, I did, of course. Can you not just send them your notes? Uh, well, there are no notes because I simply, <laughs> followed, uh, I simply followed the installation instructions on the website ah. and off I went. <laughs> it's not really rocket science, Kevin. Oh, there you are. You heard it, heard it here first. Exactly. Kevin, it's not rocket science. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if it is, then you can't get in touch with Chris. <laughs> Yeah, you just want to know what you're doing as usual, um, especially the version that I installed last, but the warning was actually, or the caveat was on the website, that it only supported 7.3 as in terms of PHP. But once you know this, it's, it's all plain sailing. The documentation is actually quite good on the website, full credits to, to somebody called Frank Carlicek and team, because this is actually very, very um, straightforward. All you need is a decent spec machine, PHP, and some other modules, but these are all documented. But needless to say, you can also put this into a Docker container, and off you go. Cool. And with that, we are at the end of the feedback. Okay. Of course, there will be a B-sides of yes. this show. Yes. yes. B-sides uh, and we'll, a, a and thing. We'll, yes. The thing, yes, we come, to, we're going to come to the thing in a minute. Okay. The B-sides, of course, will be available once this show is on Hacker Public Radio. We are aiming, once you hear this, we are recording this, as I said, early in the year, and we are aiming to put this on Hacker Public Radio between Christmas and New Year. By that time, you will have the B-sides. Plus, of course, the thing that we already teased, at the did last, we? yes, we did. Okay, uh, so in the last episode, that would actually be a special of something called the dark side, as in the dark side tech support. Mm. Watch out for it. If it's a very, you, really a special. It is special in many ways, and absolutely, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's <laughs> no, it not, isn't. It's... As a matter of fact, it's triple X. It's, it's also not for the musically not... inclined. <laughs> No, it's certainly not for any for, for any minors or underage people under the age of 35. And as I said, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it's pure black humor. If you think the inside of a new MacBook Pro is black, just listen to this Dark Side special. You'll be amused, for want of a better expression. See you on the other side. This is the Linux in-laws. You come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. Thank, Thank you for, for listening. listening. This episode of Linux in-laws is proudly sponsored by the Future. Next week's lotto numbers? Cute little viruses from China that made an appearance on the international stage, cunningly disguised as Mrs. Pandemic, unforeseen developments for certain US presidents, we have it all. No prepayments necessary, no credit cards accepted, neither major nor minor. Just wait, and we will simply happen. No need to fret or get bored. 
We've got you covered, never mind what people, politicians, and other animals will tell you. The future is always different from what they tell you to expect. A happy 2021, and wait for us next year. We will certainly be around. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license, type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song Salute Margaret, to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Chimando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. <laughs> Listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.